Nothing to do, Monsieur Baruch. Monsieur Baruch remained totally impervious to the fact that the postman was still tossing advertisements under his door. Over the last three days, the mailman had slipped him a pamphlet from the Society of Galvin Therapy showing a guy with a cretin face on the front page, under the heading, Thanks to Dr. Klein's Method, I Am Now a Happy Man. There was also an ad for Ajax detergent that offered a five-cent discount on the family size if purchased within ten days. Finally, there were instructor brochures offering Sir Winston Churchill's memoirs, payable in fourteen monthly installments, a complete home carpentry kit whose principal feature was an electric drill, and an especially colorful flyer about the art of writing and editing, which the postman tossed with such skill that it just about flew straight into Monsieur Baruch's hand. But in spite of the fact that Monsieur Baruch was very close to the door with his eyes fixed upon it, he couldn't care less about these things. He had been dead for three days. Exactly three days ago today, Monsieur Baruch awakened in the middle of the afternoon, after a completely sleepless night during which he tried to remember in order all the beds he had slept in during the last twenty years, and all the songs that were popular in his youth. The first thing he did when he got up was to start for the kitchen sink to see if it was still clogged up, and if he would have to fill the pan with water in order to wash up, dipping only his fingers and the tip of his nose in it like he'd been doing for the past few days. Then, without bothering to take his pajamas off, he tackled a problem that had plagued him since Simone let him have the house a year ago. A problem he had never been able to solve. Which one of the two rooms of this apartment should be the combination living-dining room, and which one the bedroom-study? Ever since arriving at the house, he had weighed the pros and cons of an eventual decision, but each day brought different objections that prevented him from actually taking any action. His indecisiveness stemmed from the fact that both rooms were absolutely symmetrical in relation to the front door which overlooked a small vestibule only big enough for a coat rack. In addition, both rooms were similarly furnished. Each had a sofa bed, a table, an armoire, two chairs, and a boarded-up fireplace. The difference rested in the fact that the room on the right opened onto the kitchen, and the one on the left onto the bathroom. Making the room on the right into a bedroom would put the toilet out of immediate reach a place he had to go with unusual frequency because of the recurring effect of a weak bladder. Using the room on the left as the bedroom meant moving away from the kitchen and his nocturnal cups of coffee, which for him had become a necessity of almost a spiritual order. For these reasons, Monsieur Baruch, since he came to live in that house, had alternately slept in one room or the other and eaten at one table or the other, according to the successive and always provisional solutions he kept finding for his dilemma. This kind of nomadism that he was practicing in his own house had produced in him a paradoxical sensation. On the one hand, it gave him the impression of living in a bigger house, because he could say that he had two living dining rooms and two bedroom studies. At the same time, he realized that in reality the room's similarities made his house smaller, since it was a matter of a useless duplication of space, like that affected by a mirror. He couldn't find anything in the second room that the first one didn't have, and to combine them was deceptive, like when someone taking inventory of the titles in his library tries to count two exact copies of the same book. Monsieur Baruch couldn't solve the problem that day either. 
so he left it pending one more time and returned to the kitchen to prepare breakfast. With his steaming cup of coffee in one hand and dry toast in the other, he sat down at the nearest table, meticulously took note of his frugal meal, then moved to the table in the adjacent room where a folder with writing paper awaited him. He picked up a sheet, wrote some brief lines on it, and put it in an envelope. On the envelope he wrote, Madame René Baruch, 17 Rue de la Joie, Lyon, and below that, with a red ink pen, he added, personal and urgent. Leaving the envelope conspicuously on the table, Monsieur Baruch mentally plotted the rest of his daily task, focusing on two things he habitually did before facing the night one more time, buy a newspaper and prepare another cup of coffee and dry toast.